He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening live to The Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building live, CBS Studios in the Miracle in the Miracle Mile. Excuse me. I'm here with my man, Greg Biggins. GB, what up? What up? How we feeling today? Feeling good. Hey, man. I'm just barking for so. I don't know why I'm doing that. You know I, what? I feel good, though. Oh, hey, listen. We got a great show lined up. We got a, a special sleeper of the week this week that I think is going to really take Southern California by storm very soon. We got some top performers extending all the way out to Texas today. Texas? You know they do everything bigger in Texas, right? Absolutely. We've got a man listen segment that I think is going to touch home for a lot of people. I'm intrigued by that one. And we're going to preview Friday's games and Friday's matchup show. Without further ado, and though. We got a we got a special guest. We do have a special a guy guest. Guy who's very close to my heart. Absolutely. Can't wait for that one. My man B Huff from Scout.com 24-7. It's gonna join us today, talk a little Northwest, Pacific Northwest football, also up in the Bay Area. But without further ado, we're gonna get to my man GB, and we got some recruiting news for you. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. Hit us, GB. So we had a couple of commitments over the weekend. Not a couple really, really high-profile guys, but watch the film. Both these guys are legit. Pac-12 guys. First one, I hope I'm not butchering the name, Cade Beresford, Woodenville, Washington. Offensive lineman going to Washington State. Recently offered by UCLA, Nebraska. He's a natural tackle, a left tackle. Put on about 30 or 40 pounds. I'm probably going to ask B-Huff about him a little bit later on, but this kid is a guy who I think has a lot of upside. It's a great pickup for Washington State. Huff felt like this was a guy who he could see, you know, maybe down the road, this part of his commitment, down the road, maybe Washington, the Huskies going after him and and going ahead and, and offering the guy. But he went ahead and committed to Washington State. So again, it's hard to find a true left tackle prospect. This guy can do it. Cade Beresford. Also, Colorado picked up a kid from Luther Burbank High School in Sacramento, California, by the name of Tava Fanau, a defensive end. He's about 6'4, 245. And again, watching the film, this guy can get after it. He's got the hair in the back, the Polynesian, got the crazy hair, the the uh, the Troy Palomalo just plays so hard. Yeah. Inside guy, outside guy, offers from schools like San Diego State, top 20 program, San Diego State, the Aztecs, how oh, good yeah. are they? Nice call by you on that. And uh, Boise State had also offered Mr. Tava Fanau. So Colorado uh, picked up a nice one there, had some key visits, Arizona State was the place to be hosting. A couple of big-time Southern California athletes had that big win over Oregon, and it's always good to have a big win when you're tripping guys official, officially. Uh, how about Jordan Porter from Etiwanda High School? He took a visit to Arizona State, loved it. Talked to him for quite a bit. I got the feeling that ASU might be in a good spot for Mr. Porter. He already visited Notre Dame, and Utah is going to be in two weeks. Uh, UCLA, Washington State kind of hanging around as well, but I got the feeling that ASU might be the team to beat. He didn't tell me that. That's just kind of my read. I think it's a good fit for him. And then also Michael Ezekiel, big time tight end, wide receiver, jumbo athlete. Oh, yeah. However, they want to use him as a receiver. They told him, hey, you see how we're using Nikhil Harry? That's going to be you. So not a, not a bad guy to be compared to. 
The gist of uh, the gist with Ezekiel was kind of always felt Oregon might be the team to beat. He will visit Oregon after the season is over. UCLA is also involved. Those might be the the two leaders prior to that visit, and he has trips set up to Texas A&M and also to Michigan. Those are going to be his five visits right there. So Michael Ezekiel is a big time guy. I know you like him a lot. In fact, just speak on Michael Ezekiel for a couple minutes. I know again you've been a fan of his, and, and what do you like about his game? Wow, there's so much to like about his Greg, his game, Greg. He's such an intriguing athlete at six foot five, close to 220 pounds. Reminds me of a young JJ Stokes. I know those UCLA fans can relate to that. Uh, he's a long strider. He's got quick feet. He's got extremely soft hands, long arms. He's very good after the catch with his with his size, his strength, his ability to break tackles, run through smaller defensive backs. Um, I think he projects really high at the next level. He's going to be a very, very difficult matchup for a lot of defensive backs, not only because he's 6'5", but his wingspan, right? His catch radius is large. He's got huge hands. He's got long arms. Um, again, we talked about his strength, his power at the line of scrimmage. You know, there was a, a video that went viral of him <laughs> knocking a defensive back, you know, on his head who had him in press coverage in the offseason. I really like EK, I think he's a special type of talent. We haven't had a guy 6'5 with that type of power, strength, speed, and, and skill set out here in a long time. I think he's going to be a big-time player at the next level if ASU can really man or whether it be Oregon or, or UCLA. But the guy, can he can go. I don't think he's going to be a tight end, Greg. I, you know, I'm contrary to what people might believe. I know they call him a hybrid. I think he's a he's a wide out. I think he's a guy at the at the bottom of the numbers who's going to run inside routes and vertical routes, get behind the defense, win 50-50 balls, and um, really move the chains on third down and nine, third down and eight plus uh, for an offense on the next level. Yeah, and when I say tight end, because we actually have him rated as a tight end, I, I see a kid who, you know, you mentioned he's 6'5", and what would you say, 225, and he's he's so lean. He's extremely lean. I mean, would you, is it fair to say he's going to be 240? He may. I mean, he looks like he's a guy who could carry 240 and still be, you know, that hybrid athletic kid. And so I, I see a guy, and when I say tight end, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, he's not going to be your, your typical in you line know, hand in the dirt. Yeah, yeah in line you know, Mike Ditka tight end from back in the day, <laughs> John Mackey. More of like, uh, you know, more like a, if we're kind of keeping it local, how USC has Tyler Petit, Caleb Wilson at UCLA, that guy who's almost more of a big pass catcher. Yeah. But you'd call him a tight end. Yeah. So that, that's kind of how I see him. Uh, J.J. Stokes, not a, not a bad comparison there. Not a bad guy to be compared to. How about Michigan State hosted the number one D-tackle in Utah, Jackson Cravens. Uh, the, the, the feeling there was Utah could be tough to beat. Washington Huskies are also heavily involved, but Jackson loved that visit to Michigan State. He's got family that goes to Michigan State on the football team. So, again, this is a big-time guy. He's the number one D-tackle in Utah. And I think over the past few years, Utah has proven to be a place that does a nice job of, of developing young high school linemen. They go on to college and they really do some big things. Utah has that such a big Polynesian connection and those guys are just big and mean and athletic. They can get after it up front. How about a trio of of players from your adopted program? The Servite Friars took an unofficial visit to Colorado. Talking about Kyle Ford, Cade Fuller, Spencer Lytle. Obviously Spencer's older brother Tyler, Tyler is the, uh, one of the quarterbacks. He's, uh, I don't know if he's registered this year or not. I know he had a great spring. But uh, Tyler is a uh, quarterback at, at Colorado. So all three of those guys took a visit to Colorado to go see that Washington game, uh, which unfortunately, if you're a Buff fan, didn't turn out too well for the home team. Yeah. 
But still, all three guys had a really good time. I tell you what, uh, you know, all three guys are, are talented. I think Spencer recently offered, uh, I want to say Oregon State and Minnesota are his two most recent ones. And then Kyle Ford is just a, such a freak. And we'll talk about him later. I had a chance to watch him this past week, and they played Heritage. Yeah. Man among boys. The game just looks really, really easy for him. And then Arizona, uh, they had a couple uh, pretty pretty big impact unofficial visitors as well. Uh, the headliner was probably Kendall Milton out of the 2020 class, Buchanan High School. He'll be one of the top running backs in the national 2020 class. And then a recent offeree from Arizona, Martel Irby from Morse High School, uh, a running back who I think they offered last week. He took an unofficial visit out there. And then Cal also had a ton of unofficial visitors for their big game with USC. Uh, Bears looked pretty good for a while, kind of imploded toward the end. But I think Cal is definitely on the right track. They're kind of going, they're going this direction. Yeah, ascending. For those of you who can't see, I'm, my hand is moving upward. Yeah, we're ascending. But probably the headliner was Tyler Manoa, big time D tackle from up in Northern, up in Northern California. Uh, again, this guy is a player who we currently have underrated. He's going to be making a nice little bump up in the next time we we update rankings. I think Tyler's really good, and I think Cal's got a nice shot at Mr. Tyler Manoa. So those are some of the official and unofficial visitors, along with a couple of commitments from this past week. GB, always Take it keeping away, us Keith. up to date on the hottest recruiting news visits, official and or unofficial. I like it. My Survive Friars out there getting down to <laughs> Colorado out in Boulder. It's a beautiful place, Greg. Have you ever been? I've been several times. It's probably, I would probably say that campus, along with Stanford, my probably my two favorite campuses yeah. in terms of just beautiful place to go. Boulder it's, it's terrific is scenery. about as beautiful as I've ever seen. Absolutely. It's a, it's a great place. My great friend, Jay Sean Sykes, played ball there, and we uh, we spent summers down there training together when we were in college. Yeah. Spent a lot of good times in Boulder. Had a lot of fun. I rooted for them. That was kind of my, uh, you know, I think at a time when, you know, the local teams weren't too good. Bill McCartney, I was always a fan of his. Sure. And uh, I just Mac. like Eric Bieniemy and Darren. I love those. The, yeah. My favorite helmets were Colorado's. I yeah. love the black uniforms. I just love the Buffalo running all over the place. Oh, yeah. That game against Notre Dame and. You know, that vicious block in the back that prevented Rocket Ishmael. Huh? It was a, just a vicious personal foul. It should have been an ejection. Now it did, nowadays, it would have been. No, no one got touched on that play, did they? Not but it really. Gave, it gave Buffalo, it gave the Buffs a national title and took a took a phenomenal return away from Rocket Ishmael. How yeah. good was that guy? Yeah, it was it was a, it was a good game in general, but really really loved that Colorado campus. Anyway, we got to move along. We're going to our top performers. We're going to rip this thing off. We got so many top performers. We're going from our hometown because we're homeboys from California, San Diego, Bay Area, Arizona, Utah, Hawaii. We're expanding our coverage. We're moving into Texas now. We got to do it big, guys. So we're going to rip this thing off as fast as we can, but it's clear. And as strong as we can. We're going to start off with a guy that I've liked for a long time. I know Greg really likes. Probably had probably the biggest game all in Southern California this past week. Clark Phillips, the 2020 DB out of La Habra. Three picks. Not only three picks. He took all three to the crib. Shout out to Clark Phillips. La Habra High School 2020 DB. Showed up and showed out for his guys. We got Max Williams over at Sarah. A pick six for the 2019 Defensive back, highly rated, 70-yard block field goal for a touchdown. So he had two touchdowns, a pick six, and a block field goal. Showed out. My man Ryan Halinski over at Orange Lutheran, 300-plus yards passing, five total touchdowns, four were rushing, one, excuse me, four were passing, one were rushing. 
Jordan Wilmore, a repeat performer, along with Halinski. Jordan Wilmore, again, going bonkers, Greg. 200 yards rushing, 127 receiving yards. Close to 330 total yards for the 2019 back, who's absolutely tearing it up this year. Jaden Daniels, repeat performer, quarterback, Cajon High School, went off again, 431 yards passing, 93 yards rushing, five total touchdowns. He's on his way to being the CIF Player of the Year in that division. Greg, why don't you take it from there? Nice work. Nice. Gosh, where do I go? You, you, you took half my guys I wanted to talk about. How about let's talk about Murrieta Valley for a second. They had a nice win over Oaks Christian. Hank Bachmeyer was smooth, efficient, 14 of 24 for 254 and three touchdowns. Marquis Spiker had six catches for 128 yards and two touchdowns and a key interception late in that game. He's going both ways, playing, playing a little safety. We talked about that. We did. And we'll talk about that as one of our games. But uh, tell you what, that Murrieta Valley defense definitely stepped up. How about Jay Sarah, Malik McLean? All he did was have three sacks, including a safety. He had a hit that caused a pick six. So it was a hit, boom, ball yeah. flies up in the air, pick sure. six. And because his brother wasn't there, he had three catches for 142. Wow. A 79-yard touchdown scamper. That was a little bit of a kind of a run, uh, a catch, and then a long run. So three catches, 142, and a touchdown. So Mr. Malik McLean getting it done on both sides of the ball. How about Long Beach Poly Jermaine Lole? All he did was have three sacks and seven tackles for loss. He lives in the backfield. He's going to have potentially, what, maybe t- 25? 20? Mm-hmm. Sure. Sheesh. Especially, with, you know, right now they're kind of the softer part of that schedule. How about, got to go to Servite. How about this week, TJ McMahon kind of kind of let me down. Two weeks in a row of five touchdowns. This week only had four combined touchdowns. You got TJ, you got to step it up. But both Caden Bell and TJ had really good games. TJ was 7 of 10. For 163, threw for three touchdowns, had a rushing touchdown. Caden Bell was 7 for 12 for 143 and also had a touchdown. Modern day squeaked by St. Mary Stockton over the weekend by about 80. It wasn't 80, but it felt like it probably if yeah, you're from sure. St. Mary's. But a guy we haven't talked about in terms of the uh, the modern day secondary, we talked about Alafazio, Darian Green Warren, and Elias Ricks, but they got a, a senior corner, Stephon yeah. Robinson. Robinson. Excuse me, Stephon Robbins. I uh, can't read my own typing. It's kind of a weird excuse for me, but he had two picks and a pick six. He also had a key pick in that Bishop Gorman game, game. Yes, that we did. were at. Absolutely. So uh, Mr. Robbins is getting it done over there. Another big game for JT Daniels. Again, just playing a half of football, but he had 300 yards and five touchdowns. Nico Vermijos had a big senior year. He had two more touchdowns and a sophomore running back I like a lot in that, that 2020 class. That would be Mr. Chris Street. He had two touchdowns. One of them was a 63-yard shovel pass. I always feel like shovel passes should count for a running back, but they give it to the quarterback. Yeah. I remember one year, kind of a funny side story, but uh, Steve Clarkson was the OC for some school, and he had his quarterback do like 20 shovel passes the game just to try to get the quarterback stats up. 500 yards. 500 passing. yards, and almost half of them were always shovel passes. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, stay with modern day, uh, Nathan Lagaleo, three more sacks for him. Wow. So he's going to be closing in that 20-sack mark if people don't pay more attention to Mr. Nathan Lagaleo. Back to you. You know what? Let's take it back to Cajon. I want to give some love to Trey Noriega, Jaden Daniels' receiver. Yeah, I had him. Ten Speak catches. On him, yeah. 184 yards. Kid played real good football. Let's go Antoine Paul out of Ontario High School. Six touchdowns. He went off. 
beat a team by itself. How about Jalen Chapman? I want, I want to make sure I'm right on this Let's, because yeah. I typed this out. I said, <clears throat> hope this is accurate. 516 yards for the Narbonne High School quarterback, the senior committed to Rutgers. Yep, I got five that too. Five touchdowns. Yep. Shout out to my guy Jalen Chapman going off in Hawaii, the land of beauty. Greg, it is. Hey, stay with Narbon. You got Jamar. I hope you got you got Jamar Jefferson on your list too. Go with it. You sure? So obviously he's a great running back, but he had 181 yards receiving. Oh, a lot of those were little screen passes. They, they, shut, passes. they shut down. They shut down the running game. St. Louis does okay. that to teams, but Jamar went off for 181 yards and two touchdowns. I was following the game on Twitter, okay. following a, a Hawaiian broadcast. I was given pretty cool play by play. And one of those guys was comparing Jamar Jefferson. I don't know if I agree with this, but said, hey, this guy looks like Marshall Falk out here. Really? For me, being a Rams homer, Marshall is one of the top five running backs of all time for me. Yeah. I don't know if I see Jamar Jefferson Marshall with a similar game, but just because Marshall caught the ball so well, yeah. they said Jamar would catch the ball and make two or three guys miss, and he was gone to the house. They could not slow down, contain, stop. They couldn't do anything. With Jamar Jefferson, but man, how how great was it to see Jaden Chapman get rolling too? That's that's well, a the bounce game. back from the Centennial game is what I really love. Yeah, and, you know, just Narbonne responding like champions. That sounds awesome. Shout out to that's my guy. They are Munchie. champions over there. That's right, Munchie getting it done. My guy Munchie over there getting it done. Let's go to St. Margaret's High School, a little small school football. Ryan Cragen, he's a wide receiver at St. Margaret's. He had six touchdowns. Greg, six. That's a lot. As for a receiver? It's a lot. That's getting it done, Mr. Cragen. So shout out to you for doing your thing and balling out. Let's take it to, uh, where do I want to go next? Okay, let's let's go here. Let's go to La Habra. Check, not La Habra. Let's go to, where we go? No, we link link. No, that's San Diego. We don't want to go there. Okay, uh, okay. Go let's wherever go. you want to go. Yeah, man. you know what? You know what? That's what I'm gonna do. All right, let's go to um, let's go to San Diego. Go How to San that? Diego. Our guy Jack Tuttle. Yes, Jack Tuttle was 18 to 29, 371 yards and three touchdowns. His receiver Chris Ole, who's a repeat performer for us, nine catches. 266 and four touchdowns, Greg. Chris Olave. Hey, he balled out. He's Jack big balled time. out. Chris is a guy who didn't even play last year because he transferred in and uh, wasn't able to play. So he's making up for lost time for sure. Chris is Chris is getting it done. No, no doubt about it. How about Kenyon Sims, the running back from Lincoln? They played Dorsey. He went for 138 and four touchdowns versus DDP. Oh, Dorsey. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long, long preseason for my guys over there on Rodeo. That's all right. They're going to bounce back. How about LaCosta Canyon running back Carson Lippert? Listen to this, Greg. He only went for 311 yards and three touchdowns. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. I don't all. know if I can go 311 yards with nobody on the field defending me, Greg. <laughs> Be too dang tired. Let's go to Kearney High School. Britton Bell. 12 carries. 211, four touchdowns. Went out and did his thing. I like it. Let's take it to Arizona, Greg. Okay. Arizona, we got quarterback Colin Collins. How about that for a name? Interesting name. Colin Collins. He threw for 314 and two touchdowns in a losing effort. Got to get that dub, Colin Collins. How about Kenny Foltz, Gilbert High School? 
He's a running back. He had four touchdowns in the second half. That's a big-time half for you, Kenny. Who are you playing against? Let's go with Jakeem McKinney out of Mountain Point. He's a running back. He had 200 yards and four touchdowns. Shout-out to Jakeem McKinney. Christian Velasquez out of San Manuel High School in Arizona. He balled out. My man went for 344, excuse me, 514 yards and nine touchdowns and only 16 carries. That's averaging 32 yards per carry, Greg. That will get it done. Did you hear those numbers? No, say it again. 514 yards, nine touchdowns, and only 16 carries. This is eight-man football? 32 yards per carry. That's a good question. Is it eight-man? I'm going to need to find that out. You need to research this and make sure we're not talking about JV stats also. No, because last week he had 345 yards. This guy is like a machine. You cannot stop. You can't even hope Christian to contain. Christian Velasquez. You can't even hope to contain the kid. <laughs> and we're going to finish it off. I think that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to finish We're going to finish it off with that. I can't go any higher than 514 and nine touchdowns. That's a great, Ari- great place to yeah. just cut it out. Arizona, that's all the love you get. Greg, you got something for us I over got, there? How about a guy named Lance Babb? Another receiver. Back here in California. Back, we're going back to Southern California. You, yep. you moved out to Arizona before I could finish up with my guys out here. Okay. But we had Lance Babb, a guy, my guy, Finn to win, singled that out to the Nike camp and said, this guy right here, along with Romeo Dobbs, is the best receiver at this camp. Lance Babb had 130 yards receiving, 89 yards rushing, three total touchdowns, as sure high school took out Whittier 36-35. to 35. How about our guy, Toa Tawa, from Lompoc High School? Repeat performer. Oh, yeah, I mean, we could be talk about him every single week. He had a 13 carries for a little measly 166. That's a 12.8 average if you're scoring at home. Three touchdowns. The guy is averaging 15. I, I did the research. 15.1 average per carry on the season for Mr. Toa Tawa. If he keeps that up, Greg, that'll break the state record. Oh, man, that's got to break a state record, yeah. right? How about when you talked about Cajon, did you mention Darren Jones? I didn't because I've shown him so much love. I want to show Trey Noriega some Trey love. Trey Noriega definitely but deserves. With, but go with the 6'7 phenom. Go ahead. So the 6'7 grid hooper had seven catches for 132 and a touchdown. Darren is very difficult to stop. <laughs> He's very difficult to contain as well. Yeah, no question about it. How do you stop it. a guy who's 6'7, Harold Carmichael? How about Aquinas High School? Usually we talk about Mr. Brandon Rankins, but this week... Talk about a quarterback whose first name is S-A-L-I-E-U. Salou? Casey? Yeah. He just had 277 yards and four touchdowns, and Marcellus Gooden went off four. Four catches. Four. Coach, four catches. Four catches. 174 yards and three touchdowns. That's 43.5 yards per catch. catch. That's big time. Aquinas High School. That is not bad at all. How about Heritage High School? Sherrod White in a losing effort against a very good Orange Lutheran team. He had 168 yards and a touchdown, including an 80 yards touchdown scamper where he showed a nice little burst and some speed. How about Santa Clara running back Darius Ramirez? 27 to 30, 27 carries, 343 and five touchdowns for him. How about Newberry Park with Cam Rising as our quarterback? Say school record with 437 yards rushing. What? They had a freshman named Christian Middleton, 11 carries for 166 
and a touchdown. Cam, 12 carries, 106 yards, and three touchdowns. Also threw for 172. Nice. I wonder if Cam's shoulder was kind of bothering him a little bit. I don't know, but Cam went out there and rushed for 100 yards on the ground just because he can. Calabasas has a huge game this week against Valencia. Jaden Casey's ready to go. He was 16 of 21 for 268 and three touchdowns. Do we talk about little some of the top performers from St. John Bosco, or should we say those guys when we talk about the little breakdown between St. John Bosco and St. No, no, and no. no. Let's, let's shout them out. They need love. George Halani had three touchdowns in that big 21-17 to 17 come from behind win over a really talented St. John's Washington, D.C. team. George had two rushing, one receiving, and DJ Wagalailai. I've practiced the name all day. Okay. It's not the way it sounds. It's Uga Aga Lale. Uga Aga Lale. Uga Uga. I know we were saying it, Uga Lale. You know what? Just like Brazil soccer players, Pele or Kaká yeah. or Ronaldinho, DJ. They just they just go by one name. DJ. Just DJ. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. For here on out, David. That's that's Mister. Uga Aga Lale. Yeah. Love David. He's my personal bodyguard. Yep. He's t- told me that multiple times. Hey, man. David, we're going to refer to your son for now on as just DJ. And DJ, how humble was DJ, by the way, after the game, interviewed him, deflected all, gave all the credit to Real for preparing him for that opportunity for him to come in there. I thought that was phenomenal. But DJ rallied the troops 5 of 8 for 83 yards and a touchdown. Showed a lot of poise, a lot of confidence. I'm going to, I'm going to, I can't believe I, I, Practice that last name. I'm really. It's really irritating me that I that I didn't. I butchered it for you, DJ. I'm sorry. Uga Anga Lale. That's not even it. That was bad. I love Greg. you, DJ. DJ, <laughs> you, you know you're my guy and, and always will be. Uh, how about real quick? Let's fly over to Hawaii real quick. Go with it. Yeah. Kind of piggyback on that Narbon deal. We got St. Louis High School. Shevin Cardero, a Hawaii commit, played behind Tua Tagovailoa last year. All Shevin did was throw for 393 and seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns as he rallied St. Louis from, I think they were down by like 16 or 17 at one point in that game, rallied them to take out Narbonne. Uh, wide receiver Mitchell Quinn, seven catches, 232 and four touchdowns. They could not stop that combination, Cordero to Quinn. It was lethal all night long. So let's stay in Hawaii, Greg. How okay, about James McGarry? Okay. Okay. He's a running back out of, uh, help me with this, Lelehua High School. Lelehua. L E I L E H U A. Okay. He went 26 carries, check this out, 329 yards, two touchdowns. He missed the single game rushing record by three yards. Coach, give it to him one more time, coach. Put my man in the history books. Britney Spears would say, hit me, baby, one more time. Hit me, baby. Well, yeah, that's what he's going to do. That's what he should have done. Let's take it to Utah. How about this? Shout out to my guy from Level Up Elite Camps for hitting me with the stats. Siaki Ika. He's a D lineman out of East High. He had 11 tackles, four for loss, one set. He's a BYU commit, also offered by UW after the game, University of Washington. UW. So shout out to my guy, Siaki Ika. How about the Elite 11 Finals quarterback, Cameron Cooper, out of Lehigh, the Washington State McKit commit, threw for 414 yards and three touchdowns. Zach Wilson, the 2018 quarterback out of Corner Canyon, he's the Boise State commit, really liked this kid, saw him at SC. 11 of 20, 142 yards, two touchdowns. 
Also, 28 carries for 147 yards and one touchdown. That's a nice game. Let's take it to Lorenzo Lorenz Red. Lorenz Red, a 2019 athlete out of Sierra. 206 yards, two touchdowns. He's got offers from BYU and San Jose State. How about Crew Wakely, a quarterback out of Jordan High School, 2018. 101 rushing yards, 43 receiving yards, and a touchdown. And he was 20 of 25 passing for 305 and three touchdowns. That's a busy day. Sounds like he played two or three positions. How about my guy Puka Nakua? Really like this kid. Big wide receiver out of Orem, 2019 kid. He's got offers from BYU, Utah, Utah State. 201 yards receiving and four touchdowns in the first half. Let's lighten it up. Chase Roberts, repeat performer, wide receiver, 2019, BYU commit, 130 yards off 10 catches and a tub. And then Cooper Legas, he's last but not least, the 2019 quarterback. He's a repeat performer for us. 16 of 21, 347 and five touchdowns. That's on 76 complete, 76% completion percentage. He also had 105 yards rushing on five attempts, Greg. It's a pretty nice game. I got a couple more guys from SoCal. We got EJ Ane from Silver Valley. Really good-looking defensive end, but he went off as a running back this past weekend. How about 258 yards rushing and four touchdowns for Mr. EJ Ane? Nice. Silver Valley High School. The Santa Margarita Mission Viejo game was really entertaining for me. Uh, Josiah Norwood, Malone Mata LA, and Chad Mygar all showed what they can do. I was impressed with all three guys' performances. Josiah Norwood, especially dual-threat quarterback, he rushed for over 100 yards. They think they had over 200 yards rushing in the first half, and then Diablos kind of put the clamps on them in the second half. But for Mission Viejo, Kelly Arnold, 115 hard yards. I mean, he didn't yeah. have any 60-yard runs. These were no. all just between the tackles, Five, running six, seven exactly. Yard run. Those yeah. kind of kept building and building. He had two touchdowns. And then uh, Elijah Griffin was just electric. I mean, he looked faster to me in that game than I've ever seen him. He had five catches for 129 and one touchdown. A nice job in, as, a, uh, as a lockdown cover corner. Watching Elijah and, and Mata LA, those two guys got a, a, just a different level burst than the rest of the guys in the field. And then Christian Laval, I think he had 18 tackles. I literally felt like he every tackle was him. Number five, you saw Christian Laval, ASU commit, just all over the field. So a uh, really solid game and, and a fun game if you're a, a scout watching all that talent in that field in that game, big time. You know, I got a chance to watch that game. I was really impressed with Josiah Norwood, the quarterback. Yeah. I thought he he was electric with the football. I thought he had some next-level speed and burst to him in the open field. Um, needs to continue working on throwing the football, be more consistent, but I thought his athletic ability really stood out. I think he's got a nice little future ahead of him. I'm not sure if it's a you know, quarterback or an athlete. He's probably 5'10"-ish. Yeah, I think he's more of an athlete. 5'11", so... Uh, I mean, I'm obviously he's probably trained as a quarterback. I'm not saying you can't do it, Josiah. You keep doing your thing if you—that's your dream. But he looks like with that speed, I think he's yeah. like a 10, 9, yeah. 10, 800 meter guy. Kick and run. Maybe you know a corner slot receiver. I mean, get the ball. I mean, with the ball in his hands, he—he yeah. he was really, really special. So. Yeah, no, I, I really, I really liked him. He impressed me, um, and thought Elijah Griffin. I thought he looked—he showed up really well as a tackler. Yeah. I didn't know he was as aggressive I know. as He's he is. He's taking his game tackler. to a different level yeah. in all areas. His intensity he played with, I thought he was infectious to his teammates. So, shout out to uh, my guy OG, Elijah Griffin, out there holding down the Kona like a dealer. I see you, Elijah. 
We're going to take it easy, Greg, and we got to expand our coverage because people are calling for the transparent truth across the country. Are they really? They are. Who we got back east? We're going to take it to Texas. Uh-oh. They say they do everything bigger in Texas, but we're going to find out. We're going to start off with my man, Chase Griffin, the quarterback out of Huddle High School. He went off. Listen to this, Greg. 23 of 29, 498 yards in the air and four touchdowns. Then he rusted seven times for 61 yards and two more touchdowns in a 63-28 victory to lead his team to a 4-0 record. Nice job, Chase. Chase, lighten it up for the Huddle High School from the quarterback position. Let's go to Corbin Johnson out of Wiley East. He's a running back. Listen to these numbers. 39 carries, 388 yards, 6 touchdowns. He's a little guy, only about 5'6", but man, can this guy roll. I like him. Bryce Salick. He's out of Waxachi. Waxachi? Waxachi? Waxachi. I think it's it's that one. Waxachi. Yes. Okay. He's the quarterback. 28 out of 37, 435 yards, 3 touchdowns, and 1 on the ground. He lit it up. Ian Beak. He's a running back out of Katy High School. Taylor Katy. He had 205 yards. He's on pace for a 2,000-yard season. He also had five touchdowns. 205 yards, five touchdowns on 30 carries, so he showed out. Chad Bailey out of Ridgepoint High School. He had an impressive 17 total tackles. 14 of them were solo, Greg. He also had a sack. He had a forced fumble, and he scored a rushing touchdown. That's big time. He's a 6-feet, 225-pound linebacker and also doubles as a running back. Let's go Jordan Carroll out of North Forney High School. He's a receiver. He had 221 yards receiving and two touchdowns. He also threw a touchdown. Very nice job. Very good upside. He's 6'3", and he's 180 pounds. Did a nice job. Let's go with Dej, Dez Bridgeford. Out of Mesquite Poteet, he's a running back. 18 carries, 204, four touchdowns. He's running downhill, and he's very physical. 200, check, check. Let's go to Maurice Wren. Maurice Wren out of Mesquite Horn. He's a receiver, Greg. 12 catches, 201, one touchdown versus Longview. Really like this kid. Physical, he's got great hands, he's athletic. He comes in and out of his breaks really, really Really, really well. I like him. He's about six foot four, 215, 220 pounds. You're gonna love this kid, Greg. <laughs> He's gonna be a top 50 player. Watch what I tell you. Alex Williams out of Memorial Pasadena. He scored seven touchdowns. Five of them were rushing, two of them were receiving. He's a 5'11, 165 pound running back. Really like that kid. He balled out. Let's take it to Melissa High School. Kennedy Lewis, nine receptions, 236, and two touchdowns. Way to show out Kennedy. I see you over there doing your thing. Let's go with Klein High School's Colton Chilutes. Ten receptions, 202 yards, and three touchdowns. Doing his thing. How about Keller Central High School, Matt Gerard? A huge game, 16 tackles, two sacks, one interception, and one pass defense. That's a big-time game. Let's go with Houston Heights' Jacoby Hopkins. He's a wide receiver. Seven receptions. 186 yards. 
two touchdowns. That's a nice job. A couple more, Greg. Let's go to Garland High School. It's Garland Naaman Foreman. I think it's what it's called. Jason Ahim. He's a tight end DN. Seven tackles, two sacks, two TFLs, three quarterback hurries. Big time player. Six foot three, 220 pound, tight end defensive end. Then we got Josh Foskey. He's at Frisco Reedy High School. He's a quarterback. 27 of 36, 485 yards, six touchdowns. That's getting it done. So those are my Texas guys, Greg. We're moving eastward with our coverage. We want to go national at some point, but right now we're going to end it right there at Texas as far as going eastward. I know we want to take it to the Pacific Northwest and, and hear from our guy, Brandon Huffman, but that is our Texas coverage. And uh, man, shout out to my guy, Scott Nady, providing us with some stats out in the state of Texas. Scott Nady. I remember him back in the day at San Leandro High School. He was my he was my NorCal source back in the day. That's that right. Always he, good to hear he, from him. Scott won a couple of state championships as a coach. Dennis Dixon. That's right. Coach Dennis Dixon. Would have won a Heisman at Oregon if he didn't get hurt that, 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 uh, that year. That's right. So Scott provided with some stats and uh, showed love. So we appreciate that Scott Nady out there in Texas. So we're still stuff. waiting, I think, for our boy okay. B-Huff. So in the meantime... How about we just get to some of these games, start talking about some of those top games from this past weekend. Oh, no, you got a sleeper. I do have a sleeper. Sponsored by Sit and Sleep. Yeah, give me your... So our guy, Larry Miller, showing love, Sit and Sleep, reaching out to us, sponsoring the show. We appreciate you. But I got a sleeper that I think not only you, Greg, are going to like, not only are our listeners going to like, but our college coaches who have subscribed to the podcast and that listen every week. Shout out to my guy, Scott White, over there at UCLA. Shout out to my guy, T. Martin, over there at USC. I got a sleeper of the week, Greg, who's six foot five, 220 round, 220 pounds, and runs like a deer. He's a former basketball player. He's from the state of Pennsylvania, by the way of Philadelphia. He's a defensive end, tight end, but I love him on the edge as a pass rusher. Fluid, athletic, long, wiry. Alonzo Gray Hall out of Reseda High School. Got a chance to see a little bit of some live shots of him. Love the kid. Quick feet, explosive bursts, excellent flexibility to bend the edge and win the corner. Tremendous wingspan to be able to reach with his upfield arm and make plays on the quarterback. Saw him with the ball in his hands on a screen play. He's got burst in the open field. A really, really good athlete for his size. Raw, but man, he's got a really, really big ceiling. Huge upside. Really like this kid. Alonzo Grayhall out of Reseda High School. Played against San Fernando last week. I think he's got a chance to be a big-time college prospect. He's only a junior. I think colleges are going to be all over this kid in a matter of weeks. So my sleeper of the week, Alonzo Gray Hall, 
Reseda High School, defensive end, tight end, 6'5", 220, athletic and long and rangy and very comfortable making plays in the backfield on the quarterback or with the ball in his hands. Really like that kid. So if, if things shape up like they have been, this kid's going to be hearing from colleges very, very soon. Great. He's a big-time player. And you said Reseda? I was thinking the alma mater of Mr. Daniel LaRusso, the karate kid. You're going back east to Pennsylvania for our sleeper of the week. No, no, no. He's from Pennsylvania. Oh, but he lives here now. But he, he's moved got here. Got you. Got right. you, got so you. So it is Daniel LaRusso's alma mater. So this guy's got a chance. This guy's got a big time okay. chance. Big, big time chance. No question about it. What grade is he in? I forget. He's a, he's a 2019 kid. Okay, so we got two years to he's watch got him. got two years. Yeah. At 6'5 and about two, 220. Very long and athletic. You're going to like him. I got distracted. I'm trying to get my guy B. Huff on the phone. And I'm, we're struggling. So let's just jump right into some of the games of the week. Nice job with that sleeper of the week. Appreciate it. How about we go with the game that we talked about last week, Crenshaw versus Vista Murrieta. We thought this was a, a pretty big game for both sides. Yeah. Can Crenshaw be that number two team in the city? Can they be the team that's going to battle Narbon if they can pull off? Vista Murrieta was, came, came into the game 0-4, but who did they play? They played Mission Viejo, they played Jay Sarah, and they played Orange Lutheran. All three teams rated in the top 10 in the Southern section, and they played Colquitt County out of Georgia, who's a top 10 team in the state from Georgia. Those were Vista Murrieta's four games. Vista Murrieta took them down 30-20, to 20, but it was a really, really close game for most of the way. Khalil Shakur had 20 carries for 102 yards. The receiver is getting it done as a, as a uh, running back. 20 carries, 102 yards, and a touchdown for uh, for Vismieta to pull that one out. Really tough physical game, uh, but Crenshaw, I think, even in a losing effort, showed me enough yeah. to, for me to say, you know what, as of right now, they should be that number two team in the city, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing them more this year. I think Crenshaw, once they get some of their guys back, they get their quarterback back coming on October 1st, National Transfer Signing Day, whatever we're going to call that one. <laughs> But nice job for Vista get on the winning, get on the win column over a, a solid Crenshaw team. So they're going to go into league play, one and four, but battle tested. Battle tested. You know what? You know, Robert Garrett, he's going to have his kids ready to play. They're normally a physical football team, and um, I like to hear about Shakur playing that running back. That sounds good. Hand that guy the ball and let him get going. He's a great athlete. And, Sounds like he made some great plays. Interesting to see what uh, what Williams and and, and um, what Rayshon Williams did on the outside. That should be interesting. But you know, hey, Crenshaw getting prepared for city league play. You know they're going to be matched up with Dorsey. Big rivalry game. Crenshaw looking to solidify itself as the number two seed in the city. It's going to be challenging. Carson's pulling up the rear. Dorsey should bounce back over there on Rodeo. It's going to be interesting. Narbonne still kind of holding down the fort, even though they've taken a couple shots here in the preseason. But, you know, they're going to be ready for city football. There's no question about it. So, what's our next game, Greg? About, what are we talking <laughs> Jay about? Jay Sarah played traditional Orange County powerhouse Los Alamitos. Jay Sarah with a 32-10 victory. We already talked about Malik McClain. He was kind of the story in that game, offensively, defensively. Just really getting it done. But also Matt Robinson, another big game for Mr. Matt Robinson. Uh, all he did, very efficient, 20 of 32 for 283 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, completing about 62% of his passes, as he always does. Al Fisher, 
18 carries, 76 yards. Uh, again, averaging about 4.2 yards a carry. So nothing overwhelming, just a really solid effort defensively. Able to lock down on Los Alamitos, uh, who got a little bit going, but for the most part, uh, this was a Jay Sarah team that I, I think they're primed. They have a bye. The whole entire Trinity League has a bye this weekend. Sure. And then it's going to just be every single game. Uh, it's going to be a battle. Yep. Battle, battle, battle. It's going to be fun. But yeah, Malik McClain, if we can talk about him again, uh, he, he just went off on both sides of the ball. And also, uh, a receiver, Tariq Luckett, had a big game for him. Mr. Luckett, uh, eight catches, 109 yards. One touchdown, he had a 41-yarder. Uh, Mr. Luckett, just a junior. Manu McClain, just a junior. So yeah. they're built to last for sure. Yeah, no question about it. Really like this JCR team. I mean, they, you talk about creeping up on us, Greg. They've they've crept up on us for, since, you know, week zero. And uh, those guys, they've been making plays. I mean, they got the McClain brothers. They got Luckett, Robinson, Al Fisher. Um, I know they got a physical offensive line that kind of gets after people. So... They're going to be right in the middle of that training league battle. I can't wait. It's just going to be great football, physical football, fast and smart football. If I could go to all the training league games, I would. I got to pick one week in and week out. I'm not going to miss this Rancho Upland game, though. I'm for sure going to be at that. Uh, but, man, that training league, man, it's going to be a it's gonna be a war. Guess who they open up league play with October 6th? Jay Sarah? Yes. Modern day? No. Who? None other than your Servite Friars. That's going to be the opener for both teams. Both teams, 5-0, and coming in, just cruising. Hey, how about, how about Valencia? Oh, wait. Oh. Do we have Do someone we? on the phone? I like Valencia. It's a great place to drive to. B. Huff is on the phone. Dude, I'm like giddy right now. Huff, how are you? I'm good. Great, GV. How you doing? Hey, I'm sorry about the connection, Huff. I don't know what was going on, but the, the fact that you're on the, on the call with us right now brings me so much joy. For those who don't know... Brandon Huffman's like a legend in this business. He's our national guy. He's been around for almost almost 20 years, Huff. 16, but, we'll, you know, we'll round it up. 20. Round it up. A big reason why I came to scout.com was because of Mr. Brandon Huffman. He's been a, a good friend for a lot of years. Uh, I, I don't hang out with a lot of guys in this business. A lot of them are kind of weird, but Huff is one of the few <laughs> guys who I love, one of my closest friends. I have four kids. I like Huff more than two of my kids. Nice. <laughs> two, two of them I prefer over Huff. It's close, but this is my guy. So, uh, hey, Huff, without further ado, uh, you are in Northern California, and you also have the whole Northwest on lockdown. But if you can, can you start off with some of the guys who you heard about this past weekend up in the Northwest, Washington slash Oregon area, who had some big-time performances? And then if you can, kind of segue over to the NorCal guys. Then you made three or four different stops out in NorCal. So, Give us some, some Northwest action, and then also, how is that NorCal visit for you? Yeah, you know, this weekend, probably the biggest game in the state of Washington was between Sumner High School and Grand Kapowson. Last year, those two teams put on a battle, and you, in, the, in the state of Washington, when you get teams that aren't named Bellevue and Eastside Catholic, but they play good games, the stars shine, and last year was Connor Weddington, who's playing as a true freshman at Stanford, who had a, a, dizzy, a dizzying kickoff return that won that game after Foster Serrell Pretty, pretty much put a man drive together uh, for Grant Capasson. Well, this year, Weddington and Sarah were uh, playing in the Pac-12, and so Dylan Morris, who is our number two quarterback out west in the 2019 class, a top 50 guy nationally committed to Washington, he bounced back from what was a nightmare game a year ago to having just a, an epic game for Grant Papalson to help them rally to win. He went 30 for 35 with 363 yards. Uh, at one point, he was he had over 20 straight completions and, and really showed you know why 
we've been so high on him. You know, we were the first ones to put him as a four star before he ever ever even had an offer. So for any of those people who say, "Oh, offers are the only reason that guys get stars," uh, Dylan Morris says hello. Uh, he put on a show in that game. Uh, guys that you know you expected to have big games. Ben Wilson, the four star linebacker headed to TCU, uh, really made a, a big day on the offensive side of the ball. He had over 100 yards rushing. And so Dylan Morris really showing why we, we think he is the best quarterback in the state of Washington right now. Right regardless now. Of cla- yeah. Regardless of Re- class, regardless he says, wow. Coach Keith. That's interesting. There's a guy named last name Sermon who's over there in Washington who Huff saying, you know what, I want Morris over him. Very interesting. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that's a feeling exclusive to myself, especially with the way that Sermon struggled a little bit earlier in the year. Dylan Morris has really taken his game to another level, made that sophomore to junior jump that, you know, even at the same stage a year ago, Sermon didn't make. Morris has made that jump. And I think if you look at why they're considered one of the top two teams in the state of Washington, it's because of the armor of Dylan Morris. That's what I love about you, Huff. Keith, that, that's transparent truth right there. He doesn't back down from making a tough comparison. doesn't back down from it at all. Hey, he says, Dylan that. Morris is my guy. My, my, listen, we, we speak the same language. Absolutely. Hey, Huff, so break down Dylan Morris. I, I saw him one time in person and absolutely loved him. It was an Adidas uh, 7-on-7 tournament out here where they took down a pretty good premium team. But what do you like so much about Dylan? And also, how do you feel he projects maybe three to four years from, from now down the road? You know, I think he is going to be very similar to the kind of quarterbacks Chris Peterson has had when he was at Boise State, what he has now at Washington. He's never going to wow you with his plus arm strength, although he could throw the ball, he could spin it really well, but he's never going to be that guy that's just going to unleash just dart after dart. Instead, what he does is he knows how to mix up his throws. He knows when to take something off it. He knows when he's got to try to fit it into a tighter window. Last year, I think he, he tried so hard to just show off that arm strength and at times in games, it cost him. So this offseason, when you saw him on the 7-on-7 seven seven circuit and you saw him at camps, it, it was just kind of you know doing what he needed to do, not trying to do anything too flashy. And I think the, you know, the arm strength is plenty good, but he's also a guy that's going to make the smart plays. He's going to check out of plays when the defense is going to take away what he's, what he's called. He's able to, to make some adjustments. He can make those short and intermediate throws very well. He's not a guy that's going to try to go downfield every single time. He's going to take what the defense gives him. He can pick apart a team in the short passing game, and as the defense cheats up to try to take away the short passing game, then that's when he's going to pop you and try to go long on you. Decently athletic. He's not you know, the, the most agile guy in the world when you look at kind of more of the smaller quarterbacks, but he's a winner. I mean, the guy started every game as a freshman, took his team to the state quarterfinals where they lost to Jacob Easton in the state quarterfinals as a freshman. You know, that's pretty good company to, to be in uh, in the finals with or in the, in the quarterfinals with um, and a guy that I, I think when you look at personality wise what Chris Peterson looks for in his quarterbacks guys that just can go in they can command the huddle they command the respect of their teammates they can lead that offense that's where I think he fits in perfectly he's, he's a lot like Jake Browning he'll never put up the stats in high school that Jake Browning did because those were video game numbers at Folsom High School. Much more of a balanced offense at Graham Capalson with their ability to run. When you have an NFL left tackle blocking for you for two years, you're going to run the ball. But this year with Farrell gone, they're throwing the ball a little bit more. So you're getting to see you know, just what kind of, a, of an offensive playmaker Dylan Morris can be and allowing for him to really kind of blossom this year as a leader because it's his team now. It's no longer 
Foster Sterl's team. It's his team now, and you're seeing GK make that jump. So I think he's a guy that, you know, assuming Jake Browning comes back in 2018, uh, there's a possibility that Dylan Morris will compete for that starting job as a true freshman in the fall of 2019. And it's not like Chris Peterson hasn't shown a willingness to to start freshmen. He started Kellen Moore as a redshirt freshman. And Dylan Morris gets a lot of comparisons to Kellen Moore as kind of an undersized, uh, just winning quarterback from the state of Washington. He also started Jake Browning as a true freshman. So I think Morris is going to have that ability to come in and make an immediate impact at the University of Washington. Love it. Love it. And you've been watching this kid since like sixth grade. So no one knows more about Dylan Morris than Mr. Brandon Huffman. It was actually seventh grade that I saw him for the first time, but you know I just missed that. Just missed hey, that man, just off. go with it. Uh, another just go another with it. guy, another guy watching people before high school. I like it. That's hey, absolutely. Me and B. Huff, man. Hey, we're telling Kinesic, brother. I'm telling you. Hey, so, Huff, don't want to don't want to uh, to snub anybody else. Is there any other Northwest guys, or do you want to jump to your NorCal trip over the weekend? You know, because I was in the Bay Area, I think it makes more sense to talk that, you know, Northwest, there were some big games earlier in the month. A lot of guys that, you know, Eastside Catholic is loaded with, you know, oh, one dude I do want to mention, JT Tuomolo. He is a, a freshman, and, you know, our, our good friend Trent Herzog has been talking about JT for a long time. He is a freshman. I actually did see him as an eighth grader on the 7-on-7 seven seven circuit while talking with some parents, and he was playing on a team that was just loaded with guys that are now freshmen. Sam Heward, who's the son of Damon Heward, the nephew of Brock Heward. The 2021 class in the state of Washington is pretty spectacular. JT got that coveted University of Washington offer last weekend, three games into his freshman year. I saw him the week before in week three, had double-digit tackles. He's been playing fantastic. Right now, I'd say he's maybe the top prospect in the state of Washington in that 2021 class and a name that I think fans are going to need to get to know because that's two straight years. Keith, I know you love Savelle Smalls, and JT is going to be kind of in that Savelle Smalls where he's going to be a national recruit very early in his high school career, and the Huskies are the first ones to get that offer to him. Nice. And the Huskies don't offer too many guys that early. They just like, like nope. to take their time a little bit, so that guy kid must be the real deal. Yeah, he, he absolutely is. 6'3", 225, 230 right now, probably ends up getting to about 245, 250 over the next couple of years. And, in, you know, in the Washington defense, and I only say it because they are his only offer, he's a lot like Howie Kakaha, Benny Patoaye, where they'll use him as that buck stand-up edge guy. But he could grow into a guy that ends up putting his hand down, yet he looks so good in coverage right now. And you guys will see a lot of him this spring and in, in the summer on the 7-on-7 seven seven circuit because he's determined to show what kind of pass coverage ability he's got. Woof, he's a dog. I can tell already, man. He is going to stay in state. Hey, Huff, let's jump over to NorCal now. I know you, you do this every year, at least a couple times. Uh, you go visit a, a handful of schools. You watch a couple of games. Break down that trip for me, the road trip this past weekend that you just had. Yeah, so, you know, most of these trips in years past have taken you to the East Bay. Obviously, Najee Harris the last couple of years. Before that, you had Joe Mixon, De La Salle's over there. So you're, you're always seeing guys uh, from De La Salle. This year, I kind of focused a little bit more in the Silicon Valley, San Francisco area. And it's been a down couple of years for that side of the state and for that part of the Bay. You know, it's been a few years since there's been a lot of talent coming out of that region. But the West Catholic Athletic League, which is probably the best league 
in that part of, of the Bay Area uh, is really kind of seeing a renaissance of sorts of talent coming through. And you, you've got guys at Valley Christian High School in San Jose. you got four or five guys with uh, FBS offers on that team. you got St. Francis, which has Army All-American Tyler Manoa, a new four-star on scout, Josh Pacola, top 150 kid in the 2019 class. Uh, over at Archbishop Midi, you've got uh, former USC defensive coordinator Keith Burns, who had been a head coach at Tulsa, had been on the Arkansas staff. He's the head coach there at Archbishop Midi. So they've got some guys coming in. Nick Alfin, who's a senior, he's committed to Cal. Uh, Sarah High School, which has long been probably the most consistent program uh, in that league. Uh, Patrick Walsh, former De La Salle player, former uh, Bob Latticer disciple, is the head coach at Sarah. They've got Patrick Nunn, who's committed to Washington State, got a chance to go watch him. So a lot of good talent there. I did sneak over to East Bay a little bit, got over to Pittsburgh High School. Jacob Bandis, who's a four-star in the 2019 class defensive tackle, uh, got to, to talk with him and a couple of the other guys at Pitt. But here's a school that people need to start to get familiar with a little bit more, and that's Menlo Atherton High School. Uh, redistricting in that district has really seen an increase in talent at that school. They had one kid sign last year with Fresno State. They've got legitimately six Division One players, six guys already with FBS offers, including a 2021 kid, Troy Franklin, who's a receiver, 6'2", 6'3", 175. San Jose State offered him a week ago, long and lean. This is a kid that we'll be hearing a lot about these next four years. Uh, Noah Nagali, Greg, you and I had him on our uh, early four-star list of the 2019 class, a defensive tackle with a handful of Pac-12 offers. Daniel Hemuli, who's another linebacker with some offers in the 2019 class. And they got some 2018 guys, but uh, Menlo Atherton is going to be it's a, it's a public school, uh, not too far from Stanford, but that's going to be a school that's going to start producing a lot of guys these next couple of years. And right now they got a half dozen legit Division One guys. And I can't remember any time before that and they having – that much talent and a school that's going to probably have themselves some success there and already doing a good job offering is University of Utah because defensive line coach at Utah, Lewis Powell, is an MA alum, so he's going right back to his roots. So uh, a lot of good talent. I went and saw Valley Christian play St. Francis on Friday night. A great game. Uh, you know, if I can share real quickly personally, uh, that game actually kind of meant a lot to me. The head coach at St. Francis. His niece passed away of the same disease that, that killed my daughter, Avery. And the defensive coordinator at Valley Christian, was it was his niece as well. It was his younger sister's daughter and the brother-in-law of the, the young lady who passed away. So every year they do this game at Valley Christian, and it's a, it's a cancer, pediatric cancer awareness game. So before the game, I got to meet the family. They shared the story of Avery with both teams, had a moment of silence. So from that point on, I was just locked in on that game. It was fun to watch. But there was some great talent on the field. Tyler, uh, Tyler Manoa, who, like I said, uh, new four-star scout, really played well as a defensive lineman. Josh Pacola, you know, did his, his thing. But the guy who I think probably popped the most to us, you know, we've seen R.J. Stone a lot the last couple of years on the seven-on-seven circuit as an outside linebacker and as a tight end. He looks more physical, more quick, more strong than I've seen at any point in the last couple of years, putting his hand on the ground. His dad's former NFL Pro Bowl lineman, Ron Stone. And RJ's really starting to develop that nasty edge to him. D'Angelo McKenzie, who's another kid, Notre Dame, UCLA, his top two. Uh, he's a DB, but he had a 91-yard touchdown run. So in a game like that, you kind of hope that the stars 
really come out to shine, and they absolutely did that night. So there's some good football there being played again in the West Catholic Athletic League uh, once again, and, and there's a lot of good talent in Northern California, and I think you're going to start seeing that more and more. As now you're starting to see more seven-on-seven teams pop up, more trainers, uh, training linemen. Jesse Sapolu does men in the trenches up there with our guy, Isamo Fadade, at Pittsburgh High School. So I think you're going to start to see a lot more talent coming out of the Bay Area these next couple of years. And I think that that's going to be a good thing for the state of California to have another region where there's going to be plentiful talent. You know, that, that that's a great job, B-Huff. We really appreciate that. I got a couple of top performers up in the Bay Area. Let me know what you think about one or two of these guys. I got Joshua Ahanu from Skyline. He had six yes. catches, 105 and a touchdown. We got Marty Sesma from Sweetwater, 251 yards and five touchdowns. We got Adi Anderson from Moreau Catholic, 215 yards on 10 carries and two touchdowns. Imani Johnson from Hercules. This guy had a huge game. He must be a super athlete. 93 receiving yards, a 63-yard touchdown run, three pass deflections, a 60-yard kickoff return, and seven tackles. So he just showed out in all three phases. Jaden Burns from Elk Grove, 119 yards on six carries. And then a big offensive lineman out of Dixon High School, Nathan Peterson, a six foot five, two hundred eighty pound mammoth offensive tackle, who apparently pancaked the entire team and their parents during the game. Yeah, it's pretty impressive to not just pancake you know fifty <laughs> guys on the roster, but one hundred twenty parents. I mean, versatility right there. He's, he's you know he's an equal opportunity pancaker. I respect that. No doubt about it. So, <laughs> hey, hey, G, hey, hey, GB, I know B Huff is your guy. He's my guy. I really love him. He done a great job. He's going to join us actually on our Friday matchup show to talk about a big game in the Pacific Northwest. Be off. We appreciate you uh, jumping on board and 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 getting at us and hollering at us and making sure we update and inform the people that listen to the show. So we appreciate you for coming on, my man. Hey, thanks for having me on, fellas. Love you, Huff. Thanks for coming on, Love buddy. You. Love you guys. Bye. Take care. So that's our guy, GB, your guy, Be Huff. Dude, just so dude. much knowledge, so much wisdom. What a great dude. Just knows it all. Yeah. Hey, so let's run through these. We're, you know, time permitting, we got to run through a couple of these games. Yep. We had Valencia, obliterated Bakersfield, 56 to 14. Don't need to say too much. Valencia is good. Bakersfield's a little bit down, but Valencia, huge game with Calabasas this Thursday. We'll talk about that one on Friday's show. Oh, yeah. We had Oaks Christian upset by Murata Valley, 38 to 20. Tell you what, San Clemente put up 62 points on Murata Valley. Right. San Clemente is not the greatest show on turf. No. San Clemente scored 14 points this past week against Palos Verdes. Yeah. So it's not like, and PV's good, but for San Clemente to go from scoring 62 to scoring 14, that kind of shows you, you know, Murata Valley's defense was on the ropes. They were struggling. I watched that whole entire game. Okay. And they rallied to the football. Did they? They were hitting. There's a couple big plays. Oaks Christian's got some guys. Uh, Charbonnet had a couple long runs. Yeah. Uh, he had a really nice, you know, screen pass. Went like 60 yards for a touchdown. Big yeah. plays. Big players make big plays. Sure. But for the most part, those guys covered pretty well. Um, they, like I said, they rallied the football. They played tough. They played physical. And then offensively, you know, they got it done. You know, Bachmeyer, Spiker, they ran the ball pretty well against Oaks. They kind of did a nice job. You know, Mira belly has got a really good O-line coach uh, who's a good friend. And, and they did a nice job on both Bo and Kayvon on the outside. Uh, and one thing about Hank is he is courageous in the pocket. Mm. The few times that they did make a pass rush, man, he stands tall in there, releases the ball, takes a shot, doesn't care, doesn't flinch. 
some Murata Valley with a big win over Oaks. 38 to 20. So apparently it sounds like the defense is starting to develop a little bit. You know, it, it's oftentimes teams can start off slow like that. Um, guys, newcomers, guys coming up from JV, they kind of get stunned by the big lights. Uh, it sounds like they put together a good performance on defense. So shout out to Murata Valley. I think what Valley. you did to Oaks to motivate them, you did for Murata Valley. So I think I give you credit for inspiring that. inspiring that Murrieta Valley defense. How about Upland took down Great Oak 41 to 20. This time it's always something new in yeah. that for that Upland team. This was Cameron Davis, yeah. the junior running back, 177 yards and a touchdown. Great Oak kind of hung around for a while. Okay. It wasn't a, a blowout until kind of maybe later on, but Upland again, just a few too many athletes. Uh, how about Modern Day taking down St. Mary's of Stockton 52 to 14? We kind of already went over the individual stars in that game. It was JT Daniels. It was Nico. It was Nathan Lagaleo. Uh, this is a St. Mary's team that was 14-2 and last year and lost in the state championship game. And, and modern day running clock them. What did my guy... I couldn't find its stats anywhere. I looked. Dusty I Googled it. Frampton. Do. I could not find the game stats for that one. I'm going to assume he probably had 101 yards, but I could not find those stats anywhere. Per a good friend of mine who was at the game, Greg Biggins. Dusty did not sniff 100 yards. Okay, I need I, I need to see some statistical data to support that. Hey, let's jump off that game real quick. Let's yeah. jump over to Narbonne, St. Louis. It was 56-50 to 50 for the St. Louis Crusaders, the beautiful islands of Hawaii. Were therapeutic to Narbonne. They battled. They were up. They, I think at one point I saw the stat. They had like 400 yards to like 100-something wow. discrepancy. Narbonne was up early, and... They didn't want to make excuses. I talked to my guy, Michael Clayton, over there. I said, hey, get gas. He goes, we don't have a single guy going both ways. We have no excuses. He goes, we just had some coverage breakdowns, and St. Louis is good. I mean, that was the number one team in the state. They blew out Punahou, 56-50. to 50, But you know what? Narbonne uh, had a great time out there. They're going to come back rejuvenated. Jalen Chapman is rejuvenated. Munchie is still an elite player. I, I think it would have been great to get that win for Narbonne, but still, they're coming back, and they're ready to go. Just surprised, Narbonne. It's Narbonne defense giving up so many points. Don't sleep on those Crusaders, man. They know what they're doing out there. They are like the Saint. They're like the Centennial High yeah. School of of the islands of Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. How about Saint John Bosco took down Saint John's, Washington D.C., out of Maryland. I have no idea why it's Washington D.C. and Maryland, but whatever. I'm not a geographic major. Twenty-one to seventeen. Obviously, the story of that game was was DJ coming off the bench and rallying the troops. It was an ugly first half. Yeah. Talking to different people, uh, you know, they said Bosco was out of sync, over 100 yards in penalties. There is a potential lateral that got called an incomplete pass that Bosco was going to scoop and score off of. They said it was about 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage. It was probably like a yard and a half. But they said the ball was like way past the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Bosco, the scoop and score. Ref said no. Blew the whistle. They're trying to screw our boys out there, Keith. That's what they're trying to do. But you know what? They didn't care. George yeah. Halani does not care about refs. Yeah. DJ does not care about refs. No. Spencer Gilbert, Cole Aubrey with three sacks does not care about referees. People better stop sleeping on Cole Aubrey, man. Yeah. He, all he does is seem to make plays. All he does in big is games. kill the. All he does is yeah. rush the passer and get to the quarterback. Yeah. So a huge win for St. John Bosco. I mean, quarterback controversy. I don't. I don't think so. You still go with Real right now? Yeah. Okay. I, I still do. Um, I remember when Real was a sophomore. I thought he was better than the senior. Um, and not to say I think DJ is better than Real, but you know Real had kind of had to wait his turn. The kid's a returning state championship quarterback. 
Uh, he led you to a state title and a ring. Uh, has he struggled a little bit in a couple of games this year? Yes. But I think he's also played well. One thing I got from kind of watching the highlights of that game, Greg, uh, Real is, is, is forcing the ball under pressure. Instead of, you know, forcing the ball somewhere under pressure, Greg, sometimes you got to eat it. Sometimes you got to throw the ball away. I think when he's getting pressure in his face, he's kind of forcing it down the field, making some some errant throws. Uh, but he he's your, he's your team captain. He's your state champion. He's the leader. I think you go with him. And I think DJ did what a backup is supposed to do, Greg. He was ready when called on and gave the team a shot in the arm. When he got into shot the game. of adrenaline, yeah, for sure. It seemed uh, like talking I, to some I, people. But I, but I, but I, I respect with that. I respect that. But I stay I, with him. I feel like you. I feel like you. You try to have packages for both. Yeah. You definitely don't drop Real. Because I still want to see DJ in a situation where he's going to have to. You know, obviously that was a pressure situation. You're on the road sure. playing a nationally ranked team, so you can't say, "Oh, I want to see." No, he, he did that. But I, I think if you're DJ, uh, you know, he's a better pure thrower. I think Real knows the offense better. Yep. The, you know, Real can run it better. Although DJ can run it, but I think from a pure passing standpoint, DJ definitely has a special, unique arm that's just, you see once every generation, 80 yards. I want to see them have packages for both guys. I want to see both guys playing. It'll change a pace. I, I, How about a, a, I, a Florida th- team when they won a the national title with Tebow yeah, and, and, Chris um, Leak. and Chris Lee? Yeah. I, I think that would sit well. I just, I just, ugh. I just feel for the coaches because you know there's parents. Yeah, sure. You know, talking about the private school, right? Everybody wants their kid to be playing. It just seemed like DJ definitely gave them a shot yeah, of, sure. of adrenaline. They were ready to go, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what Jason and Chad Johnson, the coaches over there, do in terms of managing those egos yeah. in that situation. Hey, last one uh, was Orange Lou taking down Heritage, 34 to 21. Again, watch that game. Really impressed with the Orange Lutheran skill. Heritage was able to run the football, though. They were physical uh, up until about the second half. And then they came a little one-dimensional. Orange Lutheran was put, put on the board. So it kind of made Heritage have to throw the ball. That's not their game. But if there is a weakness in Orange Lou, I still want to see how they can defend that power running game. Because in the, in the Trinity League, everybody's got a power running game. So that's that's the one thing that Orange Lou's got to show. Sure. Uh, Heritage was physical. They were tough, but Orange Lou just has some serious skill. Logan Loyal, Kyle Ford. And also, shoot, uh, real quick, uh, Santa Margarita, Mission Viejo, Mission 20-23. to It was a great game. Both sides, very, very physical. Mission Viejo, back-to-back weeks, took down Long Beach Poly, took down Santa Margarita. Uh, that was big for them as well. So hats off to the Diablos. Yeah, it was a good game. Mission Viejo, Santa Margarita. Mission Viejo pulled away at the end, but it was, it was, a, it was hardly contested, you know, tightly contested, hardly fought. So it was a good look. It was a real good look. So we want to move along, Greg. We got a segment called Man Listen coming up. And uh, is, is I'm kind of going to run this deal. So Man Listen, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And one of the biggest things people are talking about is guys taking knee, protesting. I want to make sure that our listeners in the high school football community are educated and are aware of why this is happening. Colin Kaepernick, the former quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, he chose to take a knee to protest the injustices in America. He felt like things were not being fair, and people were not being treated fairly, so he chose to get on a knee during a national anthem to show that, hey, I love the country, but we have some issues that need to be addressed that aren't being addressed. And we want to make sure our listeners understand that 
people aren't we don't want people out there getting on a knee because it's a trend or it's the cool thing to do. Hey, film me while I get on a knee while this national anthem is being played. There is a very, very strong reason why Colin Kaepernick chose to take that knee during the anthem. It's not to disrespect the flag. It's not about the anthem. It's about the ills that are plaguing us in this country that we as a society need to address. High school football players, youth football players, if you choose to take a knee, please make sure you understand why you are doing it. And please make sure you are taking steps to address any issues in your community. Do not just do this for fanfare. Do not do this for social media likes, followers, and support. Do this because you want to affect change. Do this because you are going to take steps after doing this to affect change. We are all here on this earth for a very short amount of time. While we're here, let's try to leave it a better place than we found it. We can all do that by helping the man next to us and pulling up a man up underneath us. Man, listen. Please understand why people are taking a knee. And if you are taking a knee, make sure you're taking more steps than just a knee to affect change in society. That's all I got for him, Greg. That was well said. Well said. Appreciate that. So I think that's a wrap. Is that, that a wrap? That might be a wrap, yeah. It's a long show, B-Huff. B-Huff, yeah. Rolled it. But, uh, shoot. I think that's I think, it. I think we're good. I'm good. I have, uh, no fi- I have no final thoughts. No final thoughts there? No final thoughts for me. Well, I think that brings us to a close. Social media drops. You can follow me on Twitter, Coach Keith underscore MP. Follow my man at Greg Beggins. Follow the show, Trans Truth 92 on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram, The Transparent Truth Show. Without further ado, there's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.